I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship And once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called A Fisherman's Five-Minute Look at the Book. No, God's blessed us here with a weekend, a weekend program called The Mariner's Call. Hey, do you listen to our five-minute program during the week? Uh, but the Mariner's Call with you at this time, and we say, as our intro puts it so well, ahoy to you. I hope our time is just right. Some people write, and they correspond with us, and they send us an email. Some listen in the morning, middle of the day, afternoon, night, whenever. God bless you just for being there. Special thanks to those who labor at the station, putting on these programs, and it's good to be a part of stations that air uh, the gospel, uh, the gospel news. Second Kings chapter twenty. I'm going to read a little verse here. Second Kings chapter twenty, and present sort of a little thought that I hope will help you as a child of God. A thought that's about the only thing we can do with our small amount of time here. And as far as a lot of scripture, we don't use a lot of scripture. You have other broadcasters that have. Uh, they have the 30-minute programs, and some have our programs whereby you can hear lots of the Word of God. But here, just a thought. The thought that I want to present to you at this time is if you were given an hour to live, what would you do during that hour? Or maybe you was given, maybe, maybe you were given a day, a whole day. Maybe it came to you that you had only a day to live. What would you do? I have someone that has a response. To this, as we see it in the Bible, as told, Isaiah comes to this man by the name of Hezekiah. Isaiah comes to Hezekiah. Hezekiah is sick. Second Kings chapter 20, and that's part of verse 1. Hezekiah says, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Wow. What? Thou shalt die and not live. Now, what's the response of, of Hezekiah? Hezekiah turns his face to the wall and he prays unto the Lord, saying, Hard hit upsets him. He said, Lord, he begins to beseech the Lord in the sense of telling the Lord how he had been righteous. He said, Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and hath done that which is good in thy sight. And the Bible says Hezekiah wept sore. In other words, he's saying, Lord, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. He didn't want to die. My friend, I guess if it would come to me, I guess I would have somewhat of the same response. I, I don't want to die, but I need to be ready to die. And when it comes time to die, that needs to be all I have to do. It's a divine appointment for us all. You said, are you talking to the seniors, Brother Mon? Are you talking to the old people? No, the message is not just for old folk. And for me, and now it's us seniors. Death is a reality, and it comes to all ages. And death doesn't end at all. 
A wise man said, death is not a period at the end of the sentence. Death is only a comma. Uh, We continue on. I'm a firm believer, by the way, in life beyond the grave. In a place that the Bible calls eternity. The Bible doesn't mention as far as trying to describe it. We have this word used in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, and about how God inhabits eternity. I mean, a time where there's life on the other side of the grave, life with God or life with the enemy. We think about the devil himself, the devil and his angels on the lake of fire are forever with God in the perfect place of paradise. There is life beyond the grave, and my friend, one day you will die. Now, maybe someone will not say to you, maybe you'll not know prior, maybe you'll not know an hour ahead of time, maybe you'll not know a day of time, uh, a day ahead of time, but I know this, you should be ready for that occasion. Now, the situation here with Hezekiah, it upset him. Now, I'll be honest with you, as a Bible student, I guess I could debate with you a little bit whether it was right for Hezekiah to pray. He said, Lord, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Heal me. Heal me, please. I want healing. God speaks to Isaiah and said, go tell Hezekiah he can live another 15 years. Now, I'll tell you what. I don't know whether that was right or that was wrong or whether that was good and perfect will of God, because the last 15 years of Hezekiah's life was not very good. Oh, he takes and oh, he makes an alliance with the Babylonians. He has a son that's born during this time by the name of Manasseh. You look at what he does. He's a very wicked king, a very wicked king, one of the most wickedest of the king of Judah there. So as far as trying to give the response, whether with Hezekiah this was right or this was wrong, I do not know, but I'm not talking about Hezekiah. I'm talking about you. If you were just given a small amount of time to live, what would you do? You know, this is what I've found. In over 40 years of the ministries uh, God has given me, I've found people respond in a different way. Some people's response when maybe a doctor tells them or they find out that death's door is going to be open for them very soon, my friend, it just sort of, Uh, every nerve in their body uh, begins to exercise itself. And the person has to, they have to have, they have to have some medication. Uh, They have to call for drugs. They got to call for the doctor, you know. Now, I'll say this. I understand there are situations where people need medication. I'm not, I'm not foolish in that realm. Sometimes there's accident victims that is close to death's door and they're in pain. And sure, they need some help with pain. There's burn victims that they cannot, my friend, life for them is over. They need some help. Going through death's door, I understand there are those that need medication. I'm not saying that. But I'm I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about me and you. What about me and you? Would some family member have to say, go to the doctor as fast as you can and get some tranquilizers, get something so we can knock dad out? You know, so we can get this to where we, he's, you know, he's at peace. You know, what, what would you have to, what would you, have, you know, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Christians die differently. You know, I shouldn't have to have that. I need to get to the point whereby as far as death is concerned, when death's door came open for me, all I had to do was die. Some people, they holler for the preacher. 
You said, why do they do that? Because for some folk, all they know of God is from the preacher. I'll be honest. I am delighted. I feel encouraged. You know, I, I feel like I'm doing my part when family members call and say, Brother Mon, would you come? You know, mom is almost gone. Dad's almost gone. My child is almost gone. Would you sit with us and be with us until they go? You know, amen. But I know this. You know, if I were to hold your hand and when you go through death's door, my friend, I can't go there with you. I can't go through that door with you. You know, as far as, uh, you know, meeting the Lord, it's more than just having somebody by your side, you know. As far as death is concerned, it's something nobody can help you with outside our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when it comes time to meet the Lord, that should be all you have to do. Take some tranquilizers to get it out of your mind. Call for the preacher and hope everything is right between you and the Lord. A lot of folk I've seen, they... They just pull all their family members around. And as far as the family is concerned, the family has been all torn apart. And now everybody's trying to take and confess to one another what they've done that's wrong. And sometimes death is a horrible thing. When it comes time to die, you should have the peace of God in your heart already. You should have come clean prior as far as your family is concerned. Live in such a way whereby when it comes time to die, all you do is die. Make things right with your wife, the husband. Sometimes we think about entering to death's door. The devil is so real. My friend, he'll just take failure and he'll just stick it right in front of your face. You see all your failures that's there. My friend, now is the time to face your failures. Now is the time to say, Lord, I, I, it just has to be put away. It just has to be put under the blood. I'm sorry, I can't redo that. As far as family members, talk to all of them. Talk to every one of them, you know, husband, wife, the children, you know, the in-laws, the outlaws, whoever it is, get it taken care of when it comes time to meet the Lord. Not like Hezekiah. Oh, Lord, I don't want to. Lord, no, no, no. God knows what's best. Oh, when it's time to go home, may that be the only thing you have to do is go home. Thomas Watson said something like this, the world is a giant inn, I-N-N, you know, like a hotel motel. And he said, it's where we spend a few nights here on this earth. And he said, what madness to set our heart upon this inn, this motel, this hotel, to set our heart upon it and forget that we need to go home. I have to travel a lot. I enjoy traveling to a point. But I'm getting to where the older I get, the more I miss home. Oh, I have to stay in those motel rooms and places and some areas around the world, some good, some bad. But in that motel room, there is this thought. One of these days, oh, it's not but a week off now, not but three days, two more days, one more day, and I'm going home. I'm not going to spend my life in that motel. So life on this earth is like spending huh, a few days in a motel, and then we go we go home. Oh, an old saint of God said something like this. They were getting close to death. And they said for weeks, death seemed to be their companion. Just followed them around everywhere they went. But in the end, death came as a friend, you know.
For the child of God, someone said this as they were talking to John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement. They said, Mr. Wesley, what is the secret of your success? And this movement has spread. And we think about the Baptist and the Methodists together here in the south where I live. This area was evangelized for years and years. Hundreds and thousands of people came to know Christ. What's the success of this movement? Mr. Wesley said this. He said, our people die well. All for the child of God. If you found out that you had to die, what would you do? We ought to be like our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When it came time to die, hanging there on the cross, he didn't look out to the disciples and said, Fellas, I'm sorry we didn't do more. Three and a half years, I'm sorry I didn't spend more time with you to teach you more of the Word of God. Fellas, I'm sorry we didn't heal more people and save the souls of me. Fellas, I'm sorry. No, no. The Bible says of the Savior, when he came time to die, he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Into thy hand I commend my spirit. When it came time for the Apostle Paul to die, once again, he didn't look back upon his life and see all his failures, and he had some failures there, and look back and see all the people that he had punished and committed to prison. He didn't look back and see that. He said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day, my friend. And he died. When it comes time to die, make sure that's all you have to do. Live in such a way where, my friend, when you go through that door, that's all you have to do. Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Until next week. At the same time, this is Old Fisher Munn saying goodbye.